Hey, turn to chapter uh, 6 of Acts. We're not going to be here very long. We, uh, tonight is, we do, every year we do kind of a family meeting. It's when we update on things that are going on in the church. We, do, we usually do it a little bit earlier in the year. Um, but we just weren't able to do it until now for a variety of reasons. And so I'm going to share a little bit from the Word first, and then Marvin's going to come and share, and my wife, Melissa, and uh, we even have a little video from Nick over in Jerusalem. In case you don't speak Hebrew, that means Jerusalem, okay? So <laughs> I don't speak Hebrew either. Shalom. <laughs> Maybe I do. All right. So Acts chapter 6, I'm going to try to communicate a few thoughts very quickly. Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1, and I'm going to read the first four words and then explain something. Now at this time, this time that he's talking about, if you read ahead in chapter 5, you see that some of the disciples were imprisoned for preaching the gospel. Okay, they were doing what Jesus told them to do. They were preaching the gospel and they were becoming persecuted. They were being put in prison. They were having to stand before leaders and they were having to stand before councils and they were having to give an account for what they're doing. And they were just asked to stop talking about Jesus. If you look up in verse 40, it says, um, and there's all this stuff going in verse 40 though. It says, they took his advice and then after calling the apostles in, they flogged them. Okay, who did they flog? The apostles. Everybody say apostles. Okay. And you guys know that the apostles were um, the 12 who followed Jesus. Minus Judas plus Matthias. Thank you. Okay. I, I literally forgot, so thank you. for. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. So they took the advice took his advice, and you'd have to find out what that advice was. And after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and in order for them, and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then released them. So they flogged them, told them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And so they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered, listen, worthy they rejoiced after they were flogged and told never to talk about Jesus again. They went away rejoicing. <laughs> rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. In verse 42 of chapter 5, the book of Acts, it says, And every day, every day, every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching. <laughs> and preaching Jesus as the Christ. This is the time that we're talking about. So we read that. Hey, starting in verse six, or chapter six, verse one, let's read that. Now at this time, at what time? At one of the hardest times in history for the church. It was at the very beginning. The very beginning of almost anything is difficult. How many of you ever tried starting your own business? How many of you tried starting your own business? Was it hard or was it easy? It's always hard. In fact, it says it takes about three years for any kind of entrepreneurship to take off to where you're actually seeing a profit, where you're seeing the fruit of your hard labor. Did you guys know that? Three years. If you can make it three years, you are a rock star in the business world. Why was I talking about that? Oh, yeah, at this time. At this time, one of the hardest times at the beginning of the church. At this time, it says... 
that while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose against the part on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews. Let me pause on, on one thing real, here, real quick before we get into this too much. It says the disciples were increasing. In other words, the followers, the people who had chosen to follow Jesus. It says that they were increasing in number. And in the Greek language, that's actually the same word. And the word means multiplied. And it, basically it's saying that that which was multiplying just kept on multiplying. In other words, this thing was exponentially rolling. The growth of the early church, even though people are getting flogged, the leaders, the representatives of Christ were getting flogged. The multiplication was multiplying upon multiplication upon multiplication. It was snowballing. People were coming to Christ like crazy. That's the time that we're talking about. I keep going back to chapter 2. Sorry. So remember that. That multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. And then, in the midst of this multiplication, in the midst of a lot of people learning to live the life of Jesus Christ together, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews. Some of your translations may say the Greek Jews. Um, against the native Hebrews. And so there's basically two classes of people that were um, opposing each other or trying to uh, come against each other. And honestly, let me just say this real quick. Anytime God is working and moving and doing amazing things in the midst of a body of believers, when there is a complaint or anything that even smells like division that comes up, who is the culprit? Satan. Why? Because that's his whole plan, conquer and divide. Because a house divided against itself... So what's going on here? The enemy is at work. Why? Because God is at work. (laughs) When God is at work, the enemy tries to up his ante, but we all know that he's always going to lose. So the Hellenistic Jews, or the Greek-speaking Jews, who had been all over, um, not just in Jerusalem, but had lived everywhere and spoke different languages, were complaining against the Hebrew-speaking Jews, and these are all new Christians, saying that their widows, the Greek widows, the Hellenistic widows, were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. Okay, if you read back in chapter 2, it talks about how they were all together in one accord and no one was in need because everyone gave of everything they had so that everyone had plenty. Didn't say that, I won't go off on that, but everybody had plenty. And so this is a scene where there were some people who were saying, we're not having plenty. In fact, the Hebrew Christians, the Jewish-speaking Hebrew Christians, are getting more food than us Greek-speaking Jewish Christians, converts. And so this complaint arose. It always does. Why? Because the enemy's always at work. But listen, sometimes things just happen. Sometimes things just get overlooked. How many of you have ever forgotten a detail when you're walking out the door and you've got a thousand things to do and you're just trying to get to work. Raise your hand. Whether it be your keys, your cell phone, and you know you ain't going nowhere without your cell phone. So there was this division that was coming up simply because some of the people were being overlooked, or at least that was the accusation, in the daily serving of food, making sure that everybody had plenty. So the 12, talking about the apostles, summoned the congregation of the disciples. Now, we're talking about a lot of people. They summoned the church. They summoned the Jerusalem church, pulled them all together, and they had a powwow, kind of a family meeting like tonight. They summoned the congregation of disciples and said, it is not desirable 
for us, talking about themselves, the apostles, to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. You guys, we can't, we can't get into all the minutia of all that stuff. We can't stop praying and, 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 um, and reading the word and preaching the word and, and having overall oversight and um, leadership over this whole thing if we're having to wait tables. Now listen, some of your versions say wait tables, some say serve tables, but you gotta understand, they are not being like, dude, we are too good for that. It isn't even really even talking about waiting table, even though food being distributed, or provision at least, is what the topic of discussion was. Really what that reference was is what it takes to administer those provisions. Do you understand? It's an administrative term. It is actually used in conjunction with the money changers. The table, they would, remember how Jesus overthrew the tables? You guys remember that? That's actually kind of the, the realm that he's talking in. We can't, we can't get into all that kind of um, the minutia of the distribution of all those things. They weren't saying that it wasn't necessary, and they weren't saying that nobody was being overlooked. They're probably saying, uh, we could see. I mean, look at all these people. Yeah, I'm prob- we probably missed it, but we can't get, I mean, it's just getting too big, you guys. And so look what they did. Therefore, brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit, full of wisdom, whom you may put in charge of this task. What task? Serving tables? Handling food? Making sure that they have a bun for their hair and gloves for their hands? No, the administration of the provision. Someone that can oversee, much like when Jethro came to his son-in-law Moses and said, dude, you cannot sit here day in, day out, judging the entire nation of Israel. You've got to set judges over hundreds, uh, thousands, hundreds, and fifties. You've got to spread this out. It's the same scene when, Drew, uh, when Israel had spread out so much out in the desert and they're just all these people. Moses is like, whoa, I can't do all this. And Jethro said, here's what you should do. The apostles would have remembered that scene. They knew the word. Here's what we should do. The same thing, old Jethro, you know, and not Jethro from Clampett. Let's follow their advice. So here's what we'll do. We will select from among you seven men. I personally believe they were gonna select seven men, one that would take care of every day of the week. That's what I personally think. That's how, that's how intense the administration of this was. Select seven men from among you of good reputation, full of the spirit, full of wisdom, who you can put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry or the delivering or the administration or the handing out or for the distribution of the word, the word of God. The statement found approval with the whole congregation and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. They chose Philip, Procurus, Nicol, uh, how do you say that? Nicol, Nicanor, we'll call him Nick. Uh, Timon, Parmahas, <laughs> these names. There's another Nick. We'll call him Nick Jr. He was a proselyte from Antioch. And then these, they brought before the apostles. In other words, they selected them, brought them before the apostles. And after praying, they laid their hands on them. And we know culturally they would have, they would have blessed them. There were blessings, Jewish prayers, Jewish blessings, probably asking God to, for his spirit to be upon them as they carry out these tasks, all of those things. And look at verse seven. I want you to read it from your Bible. I want you to underline it. The word of God kept on spreading 
And the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. Let me ask you something. You can write this thing down. If you're looking for a sermon in a sentence, I'll give you one. Did you know that the word of God will spread when the work of the church spreads out? Did you know that? Did you know that the word of God will spread. It will spread throughout the church. It will spread throughout the city. It will spread throughout the nation. And it will spread to the nations effectively within a local body. A local body can have um, um, worldwide impact when the work of the church multiplies. We saw it back in Exodus. And we saw it, or we see it right here in Acts chapter 2. The word of God kept on spreading. Remember what we said over in verse 1, that while the disciples were increasing in number, multiplying and multiplying, snowballing, it was growing massively, the apostles said, you know what, this is getting big, it's getting even beyond what we can handle. And I'm sure some of those guys were sharp as a tack and very administrative, but it was above what they could do. And they said, let's spread this thing out. The people said, it's fine with us, let's do it. And... The word of God kept on spreading. And listen, the number of disciples continued to increase in Jerusalem. And then listen to this. Listen to this. This is the best part, in my opinion. And a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Okay, that's a whole nother level of effectivity. I mean, come on, people. The Jewish Pharisees, the priests, probably multiple religious leaders were becoming believers in Yeshua. That is a whole nother level of effectivity. These are guys that Jesus was just days, weeks, months, years earlier calling broods of vipers because I'm standing right. You look for the law of love. You look for this. I'm right in front of you and you do not see it. And here they see it. Now they see it. Because the church, the believers, those who have put their faith in Jesus have been filled with the Holy Spirit and are be, being obedient to work together as one. And it's so effective. Jesus said it would be. <laughs> it's so effective that even these priests steeped in rules and rhetoric were putting their faith in Jesus. <sighs> Is that not good? Let me say it one more time. When the, um, the word of God will spread when the work of the church spreads out. Say that with me. The word of God will spread when the work of the church spreads out.